Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. to God for the privilege of being in this sanctuary. I thank God for the privilege of worship. And I thank God that there's nothing in my life that's more important than worship and being in the presence of Almighty God. I thank God for our streaming family, and I thank God for each of you. And on this day, I pray that you will have a supernatural experience with Almighty God. I pray that the Spirit will jolt you into life and that you will acknowledge who you are in Jesus Christ. Father, we love you. There's nobody like you. And according to your word, dear Lord, we are in the last days. And any day now, you might appear. So I pray right now, dear God, that you will prepare our hearts and that you will prepare us so that we are ready to be received by you. We thank you for our church. We pray for those who are lost, who do not know you. And we pray, dear God, for those of us who know you, that we will be motivated to share the good news of the gospel. You are a living God a God of love, a God of faith, a God of purpose. And we ask, oh God, that the enemy will be bound and there will be no distraction from your word. I pray this prayer of faith in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. The end of all is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Oh, the church ought to say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. 
And the title of my sermon today is, I'm asking a question, has your love grown cold? I raise that question because sometimes we think that we are still in love and the relationship has ended. I know I have some women in the house who remember when your husband or your sacred one would open the door for you, ask you where you want to go to dinner, make the reservation, <laughs> just tell you to be ready at 6 o'clock. Do you remember what it was like when you felt you were the only person in the world and you were treated like royalty? Do you remember when your husband would just bring flowers home for no reason at all, just because I love you? Some of you look like you haven't had these memories in a long time. Do you remember when you would have a kiss and that you would focus on, go brush your teeth and freshen up, and then let's have a kiss. You know what I'm saying? When your love grows cold, Sammy, you don't worry about bad breath and things like that. We got to call it the way it is. Do you remember when you used to care about how you look and now you show up looking raggedy all the time? Mama, you know what I'm talking about, John. Yeah, exactly. And I raised that question because a lot of us treat Jesus the same way we treat each other. We treat the Lord as if the Lord is worthy of only our leftovers. And it's time for us, church, to get it right. Before we review love, let's review the teachings of Jesus on forgiveness. As a pastor, one of the things that I have observed is that people who say they love the Lord are not willing to forgive each other. And the Bible speaks a lot about forgiveness. How can you love the Lord and hold grudges, hold grudges and bad feelings and anger and be a part of the body of Christ? Forgiveness is an important part of Christianity. It does not mean that Christians let others get away with things, but more that they make a conscious effort to forgive and let go of feelings that come with the bearings of a grudge against a person. So when anyone approaches me that there's somebody they just don't like, they don't want to be around them, I say, you need to go tell them after you talk to Jesus, because that is not my department. Feelings of anger and hatred can cause harm to the person's feeling. You see, when you are unforgiving, you are really putting pressure on your own heart. When you have an unforgiving spirit, that's not good for your health. Forgiveness involves a person who has done wrong showing remorse. And this could be done by praying to God to ask for forgiveness. If you know you've done wrong, then why don't you do the Christ-like thing? Go to that person and say, I know I told a lie on you and I know I hurt your feelings, but I'm asking you to forgive me in the name of Jesus. The story of the prodigal son is amazing to me. It's amazing because the father forgives his son when he returns and welcomes him home. And it's amazing because some of us say we love Jesus, but we do not have a forgiving spirit. 
The Bible says in the same way that God forgives humans, humans have to forgive those around them. Because if people fail to do that, you cannot get from God what you refuse to give to others. You cannot get from God, let me say again, what you refuse to get from others. Forgiving someone when they have caused harm or pain is a difficult thing to do. But in the Gospels, we see Jesus setting an example. Jesus forgave those who crucified him. Jesus said, forgive them, Father. They do not know what they are doing. Hallelujah. Yes, forgiveness is a key component of love. And this text meant a lot to me because it makes me look at myself, which I do daily, but also it helps me to give an assessment of how I am. And when I looked at this, I realized that all of us need to have an assessment of our relationship with Jesus Christ. Just because you say you love me, there ought to be some evidence. And just because you say you love me, you ought to show up every now and then. If you say you love me, you ought to call once in a while and see how I'm doing. If you say you love me, you need to come to the house of the Lord every once in a while. I wish I could get five calls in a month to say, Pastor, is there anything over at the church that I can take care of? How could you love the Lord and you're absent all the time? How can you love the Lord and you are not present? But what I also discovered that everybody who says that they love you are not telling the truth. Everybody who calls on the name of Jesus is not in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve, great love story, but guess what happened? Eve got out of control. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Ruth and Boaz, Samson and Delilah, great stories, love stories in history. Cleopatra, Mark Anthony. Oh, my God, Sir Lancelot and Genevieve, Napoleon and Josephine. Look in our church. We got Reverend Marlon and we got Linda going to celebrate their anniversary. Y'all still celebrating, right? I just want to make sure. I just, I just want to make sure, you know. You got, you got Josh and you got, is that Josh back? Hey, Josh, Josh and Don back there. They're trying to hold that love together. See, love warms the heart if it's real. And too many of us are trying to fake love. What is love? Jesus is the reason we even know what love is and laying down his life for us. He taught us everything we need to know, and Jesus is the model, Charles, for love and what it looks like. The Greeks had nine definitions for love. Storage, affection, filet, friendship, eros, sexual, agape, unconditional, ludus, flirtatious, plaver, pragma, committed, long-standing, philia, cephalo, mania, obsessive, and possessive. And then the English word love, we have one, but we have different synonyms. Shireen for love has been used in a reference to a strong affection for another. But all the time, we need to ask ourselves, what is love according to God's definition? And love today, instead of being merely a strong affection for another, is a synonym with acceptance, tolerance, and celebration of diversity. Word says, in the God's word, it says, 
an assumption is about love, and we should love your neighbors as you love yourself. And if you want to know who your neighbors are, go to Bible study, and you will find out. As a corruption, Mark says that this will be terrible, that will be terrible times in the last days. Mm. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Can I get a witness? Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self. Did I get you yet? Self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God. Sometimes we talk to each other like we're in the world. We need to become cognizant of what we're doing and what we're saying. If we're going to draw others to Jesus Christ, then we need to have an attitude of love. And people ought to look at us and say, I want what Sandra has. What makes her shake like that? What makes her want to get up Sunday morning and go and sing? And what, what gives Malik the desire to come to rehearsal and to practice and to say, what gives these people the motivation? It's all about love. I don't do what I do because the church gives me a check. I do what I do because I love the Lord. And in my own life, I realize that I have been abused because I am a loving person. I have done things for people who were ungrateful. I have met people in parking lots to give them food, only to see that they never show up again. <laughs> I have taken money out of my personal account. Excuse me, Deacon Jane, I have one account out of our account to bless people, and you never hear from them again. I'm trying to stay happily married. <laughs> happily married. There you go. Isn't that right, Deacon Jay? Is he here today? All right, all right, all right. And so sometimes we think that we are exempt from brokenness and pain and people because of the positions we have. But Pastor Bill, I discovered that evil people do anything they want to anybody at any time. And what we have to understand is that we need to forgive them and love them and let Jesus take care of them in due season. How many of you have ever been disappointed that you've given your best, invested in someone, and then you realize that they broke up with you, but they didn't tell you at all, and they've gone on down the road? Oh, come on now. You know that that has happened. And so what we learn here is that self-assessment is good for the soul. How many of us are really willing to look at our own selves? How many of us are willing to stand in the mirror and say, you know, I want to really admit that I'm arrogant, impatient, rude, brutal at times, unforgiving, nasty attitude. I know everything. You know, I know you don't know anybody in here like that. But what I'm saying is that we need to make an assessment of how we are performing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I had a great experience this week. I took my car, Brother Joe, to Mercedes to be serviced. And I knew they were going to come back with a list of things. So I took my car over on Thursday morning, and I, you know, let them, I filled out the paperwork, got nationwide insurance because I needed a loaner. And I loved it that afternoon. They sent me a video, Connie. And on the video, they were showing me everything wrong with my car. 
And I played the video again, and I gave it to Deacon Jade. He said, well, I guess they found a few things. But you know what? When I was looking at that video, I realized that all of us need a video of what's wrong with us. And I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be powerful that you could get a video and say, Kelly, this is where you messed up right here. And this is your 80,000-mile checkup, you know, and you see... What I discovered is that we need to start looking at worship differently, and we need to realize that worship is a check-in and a check-up. And if you're sitting here with no joy, something is broken. If you're sitting here, can't raise your hand and say hallelujah, then you need to have a service appointment. And you need to rotate your tires because they're worn out in the wrong places. They even told me that I needed a new battery. I said, no, I don't. I got a boot battery 18 months ago. She said, well, okay, you have six more months to go. Thank you very much. It's time for the church to be real. It's time. I wish I could send a video to all PGC disciples to say this is what the Lord expects of you. And then just show them where they really are. Are your tires rotating? Are your tires wearing evenly? Are you giving the way you should? Is your all gauge right? Have you checked your malfunction, huh, in the engine? Is your engine light coming on at the right time? Do you know that this car might break down at any minute? Do you realize your body might shut down any minute? Do you realize you might be out of here by the end of the day? So what I believe the church ought to do, Pastor Bill, is become a service department. I think we need to change our that. I think we need to have some engineers in here who check you in at the front door. And then they look at you and scan your heart to see what is missing. Look at you and scan your mind to tell you what's filling your mind. And then scan you again to see if there's any metal that needs to be removed. It was an excellent experience. It's nothing like looking at yourself. Be brave enough to go to somebody and say, eh, what do you think of me, really? What, what do you really think of me? Well, I saw you the other day. You're just not a friendly person. You're arrogant. You know everything. Everybody, anybody know a know-it-all? You know everything. You have to forgive know-it-alls. That's a spirit. And what we need to do when we go through the service department, we need to remove the spirits that are not of God. We need to remove the spirits that fill our hearts with gloom. We need to remove the spirits that call us to be arrogant and angry. We need to remove the spirits that let us walk around and do nothing in the name of Jesus. And then we want to be raised up and we want to be acknowledged for doing what we ought to do anyway. Oh, if I could have had dinner with Peter. People look at Peter and talk about how bad he was. He was rash. He was impetuous. He knew everything. Peter was the one, remember that, he, he just knew it. He, Jesus had to rebuke him and say, just get behind me. Say, I have about six people like that in my life. They know everything. And no matter what you say, they're going to tell you you got it wrong because it didn't come from them. 
Peter, from the time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders. But what I love about this story, that even though Peter was impetuous, fallible, brash, if you read about Peter, you will feel good about yourself. He was somebody that Jesus used to his glory. And I looked at that and realized, Lord, I thank you because I know I'm worthless, but if you can use me for one second to your glory, I just want to say hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Because Peter was undeserving. Are you? Peter was undeserving, and he was the one who denied Jesus, remember? But in the end, Jesus said, upon this rock, he said, upon this rock, I built my church. And I asked myself, April, how can Jesus build a church on a rock that is not solid? And then the Lord told me, I am the one who builds the church. All you do is show up and I will do the work. So Peter teaches us and God shows us, it's not about you. I'm so tired of hearing people say, I can't do that. I wasn't called to do that. I just want to go in the kitchen and hide. I don't want to witness for Jesus. I'm scared. Well, what scared of what? In this world that we live in, watch CNN for 20 minutes, you'll get scared. Watch MSNBC, you'll get scared because we are not looking at the signs now when people are killing each other over nothing just because. And now it's become a norm that we treat each other in violence and guns. But I love the way Jesus said is that Peter, and he called, Jesus called you personally. When did you hear your name? What can Jesus build on you? That was a question I had, Malik. What can Jesus build on you? Are you solid? Are you really in? Are you just dropping by? And what we have to do, there were three things that Peter shows us that we need to do. The first thing we need to do is align ourselves with God's purpose. Are you living for God? Are you living for self? And then what we need to do is keep God's timing in mind. Because the end has drawn near and it has come with results. With, and God is showing that in the last hour, we are to live in light of the end and of the age. We cannot get to glory through the world. We have to go through Jesus. We need to be fervent in prayer. And we need to have clear minds. Some of us have cluttered minds. Cluttered. I got to go shopping. I got to go out to eat. I got to call people that I don't really like and talk to them about things I don't want to talk about. I got to go to a job I don't like and be around people that I could care less about. And I got to do this job because I ran out my credit card and now I got to work. I can't stop. I got to do this and I got to do that. But what I'm saying to you, it's time for us to adjust our schedules. It's time for us to make God a priority. It's time for us to commit our ways to God. You can't imagine what it's like leading a church with a team of volunteers. It's unbelievable. You know why? Because we are dependent upon others to do what we can't do. 
our worship is amazing to me every week because we have a team that works all week to put our worship together, and we pray all week that everybody shows up to do what they're supposed to do. Let's praise God for our worship team. Let's praise God. 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 Praise God for his goodness. Praise him for his faithfulness. Praise him because he's such an awesome God. Praise God that when I was a sinner, you loved me. When I turned your back on you, you loved me. When I strayed away, you loved me. When I cheated you with the tithe, you loved me anyway. When I didn't show up for service opportunities, you loved me anyway. When I had a bad attitude and didn't serve with joy, you loved me anyway. Has your love grown cold? I was thinking about that song. You know, we always sing, oh, how I love Jesus. And I heard it earlier, which was confirmation. And I, I love the statement that says, because you first loved me. And I asked myself, Deacon Gino, why do we love Jesus now? Is it because we can get what we want when we want it? Is it because that we can have our way and just pray a two-minute prayer in the name of Jesus? Is it because we know that God is faithful and will do what he says that he's going to do? We're in such a beautiful season in the life of the church because we're in battle with the enemy. And the enemy wants the people of God to believe that we can survive with a hybrid model of the church and with Zoom. And that's not the truth. Every now and then, you got to have a Holy Ghost moment. And you got to be in the presence of those who know God to have it. Every now and then, we need to be reminded that we need to assemble together and raise up the name of Jesus. And there is nothing that will ever change my mind about that. Because when the enemy isolates us, the enemy talks to us and convinces us of what we don't need and what we don't have to do. But never let the enemy convince you that you are so spiritually fit that you can stay away from the Lord's house. There are times when I just come over here, Reverend Portia, and I just sit and walk around and praise God all by myself. And we have to understand that the Lord wants to be worshipped and the Lord wants our praise. And it is a liberating experience when we stop and give God all praise and all honor. We have all different personalities and we all struggle in different ways. If we simply take the time to help each other grow spiritually, we're doing a great work. If we would just take the time to tap someone on the shoulder to say, you know, bro, I know you didn't mean it like that, but you were rude, and you hurt my feelings. And just because I don't know what you know about this, you don't have to talk to me like I'm dumb. No, I, it's not that I'm dumb. I just don't know a thing about that. So we need to be able to make people okay. You ever had that feeling? Somebody talked to you like, you know, you don't matter. It's like I know when people are talking to me as a woman. I can feel it in the spirit. 
That's why I told that guy in Mercedes, no, you're not telling me all of that. No, I'm going to read this for myself. He said, okay. I know when I'm being treated like I'm a brown person in the United States of America. I know when I'm being treated like a pastor that doesn't deserve respect. I know when I'm being treated certain ways, but because I want to see the Lord, there's nothing that causes me to act like a fool. And I'm so glad that the Spirit shows me the people that I need to stay away from so that I can do the Lord's work the way the Lord wants me to do it. Hallelujah. And some of the friendships you lost, you ought to start praising God. Some of the people who don't call you no more, you ought to start praising God. Some of the people who dropped you off the party list, you ought to start praising God. Some of the people who didn't want you around anyway, you ought to start praising God. Because God wants us to be authentic. God wants us to be who we say we are. If you're a sinner, say you're a sinner. If you're a liar, say you're a liar. You're a prostitute, don't tell anybody. If you're a drunk, the Lord wants us to be honest with who we say we are. So stop pretending that we are so righteous. Stop pretending that you got it all together. Stop pretending that you did not sin. Do you know your Jesus moment? Do you remember when you were so far away from the cross? Do you remember that moment? I don't want you to tell me, but you need to remember. Do you remember that moment when you thought, I'll never get myself out of this? And then the Lord showed up, whispered in your ear. Say, I know you messed up, but I love you anyway. I know you messed up, but I'm going to clean you up anyway. It was like the prodigal son. I know you messed up and ended up with the pigs, but I'm going to bless you anyway. That's the God that we serve. So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying examine yourself and ask yourself, has your love grown cold? And you know what the evidence is? You don't care. The Lord is not a priority. You don't show up. You don't ask about the hungry. You don't ask about the sick. You don't ask about the shut-in. You don't ask about caregivers who need just an hour or two off a week so they can walk around the block. You don't have time to check in with our seniors. You don't have time to check in with the Lord. See, when you love, the way I've discovered it is that this enemy makes you think that you're still hot. The enemy makes you think that you still got it. The enemy makes you think because you show up here once a year that you're still in relationship with Jesus. The enemy wants you to think that just because you give a leftover every now and then, that is all right with God. But I'm here to remind you that if you don't show up and do what Jesus has called you to do, then your love has grown cold. Now, don't send me text messages. And don't send me any emails. Just ask yourself, has your love grown cold? Because I'm not going to answer that question for you. Because if your heart is in the freezer, you put it in, you need to take it out. If your heart is frozen, you need to go take it out. 
You need to do your own heart operation. And that is not my job. But my job is to remind you that if we speak in the tongues of men, are all angels, and do not have love, we are only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, guess what? I gain nothing. Love is patient. Ha-ha. Love is kind. You check it out. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Many of us are self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. And Ruth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres because love never fails. But where there are prophecies, Paul said, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completion, thank you, Jesus, comes, what is in part disappears. Paul goes on to say, and this is what I'm really asking you. He says that when I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I was a sinner, I spoke like a sinner. When I was lost, I spoke like I was lost. And when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's time for us to grow up in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness? It's time for us to grow up. Come on, we got to grow up in the name of Jesus. Paul said, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror that we shall see face to face. And now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And he said, of these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of these is love. There's several people in my life that I struggle to love. And I pray every day and I ask God to help me. I ask God to help me because I know what God's word says, Linda. And I know that if I'm going to see Jesus, I got to love everybody. <laughs> I don't have to like you, but I sure got to love you. And sometimes we get confused. Like and love are two different things. Like you, I don't like you enough to go won't be around you, but I love you enough so I can see Jesus. We're just being honest. So we need to get this thing right, is that we got to love everybody. They used to sing that in the old church. You, do you believe that? You got to love everybody if you want to say, you go, really? People who lie to me, people who cheat me, don't show up, hurt my feelings. I got to love everybody, everybody. Everybody, I'm not making it up. The Lord said everybody. I thought I would have you make a list of people that you need to love. And I decided I didn't want to know. That was too much information. <laughs> but what I did conclude, and this is what I want you to do, 
I want you to answer that question for yourself. Has your love grown cold? And if you need some help, you need to reach out to someone. I'm not available to ask them who knows what you do, when you do it, how you do it, how long you do it. You need to ask somebody who hangs out with you and knows your habits. And you need to ask someone who's with you during those midnight hours. You need to talk to the person you went where you don't show up at PGC. You need to talk to the person that you spend your money on. You need to talk to the people that you lift up all the time. You need to talk to the people that you glorify. And you need to talk to the people who are willing to tell you that your dress is too short. You need to talk to the people who are willing to tell you the truth. Has your love grown cold? And if it has, you need to reach out and find somebody because love is a two-way street. I don't know who wrote that song, but somebody said love is a two-way street and not a lonely highway. Love. I started to name that my sermon, but I realized you were real. Then I realized you would think I know Motown, so I said, oh, no. But love is a two-way street. And it's time for us to stop depending on Jesus for everything and we give nothing. A two-way street. What did he say? I found love on a two-way street but lost it on a... Do you know the next verse too? Oh! 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 What's love got to do with it? So my prayer is that you would do your own self-examination and you will no longer be frozen and that you will rise up and fall out and do the right thing in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. How about praise amen. the Lord? If you are ready, to give your life to Jesus Christ we invite you to pray this prayer with us and it says dear Lord I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself I ask for your forgiveness and you can do this if you are streaming at this moment I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. 
If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.